0: I appreciate uh, the praise team this morning, Uh, particularly Brother Shane. Brother Shane, in all the years, have I ever asked you to sing anything? Brother Neil, did I ever say, hey, I want to sing this? Maybe I did, but it wasn't a regular occasion. Uh, And about a month ago, uh, I looked at Shane one Sunday morning after praise team practice and I said, well, surely on my last Sunday, don't I get to pick the songs? And so uh, this morning uh, was really just for me, and y'all got to just come along. Um, you know, each one of the songs uh, has significance to me. I appreciate Brother Neil and Tana being here today, and uh, my favorite hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. Thank y'all for being here. Um, Amy's song, is it? Oh boy. Oh boy, this could be brutal this morning. Uh, um, Amy uh, singing "It Is Well with My Soul." <laughs> um, uh, we were called to our first church, Calvary Baptist in Seymour. One Sunday night, at uh, I was supply preaching at First Baptist Archer City, and the search committee came from Calvary Baptist Seymour. And um, this is this is the gospel truth amy before i came to preach back in the day we had special music and uh amy sat at the piano and sang it is well with my soul uh the gospel truth is the search committee as i was coming to the pulpit to preach looked down the row at each other and said let's call him (laughs) and so uh i've always uh wrote on my wife's coattails skirt tails i'm sorry Whatever the phrase is there. Um, And so I appreciate Amy uh, singing. And then, of course, uh, the praise and worship songs that um, hmm, different times in my life have been very significant. So thank you for that. Thank you for each one of you who uh, was here last night or here this morning. Uh, Thank you for uh, all these years and your support and love. and um, It's been so good. So good. And so I I thank you for each one of you and whatever part uh, you've played in the last 23 years. Uh, I'm blessed today to have family here. Oh my goodness. I know we've just like sent ripple effects on assigned seating throughout the sanctuary. We just got people spilling out of their seats. Um, My brother and uh, his wife, my brother David and his wife Lauren are here from Dallas. Um, my sister Luann, who was here last night, um, uh, she is the she's the first lady of Geyer Springs First Baptist Church in Little Rock, and uh, her husband is Dave Huey, who's senior pastor at Geyer Springs, and um, she's the middle child. I don't have time. I don't have time this morning. Um, uh, her daughter, Sarah, who's also a pastor's wife. Her husband serves as a missions pastor at uh, Temple Bible Church, right, Brandon. And so we're glad she's here and two of her lovely children. Um, I have, all of my kids are here? Yeah, all uh, seven grandkids. Um, this, the sermon's going to go downhill pretty quick. You know, because y'all are going to hear this little uproar over here, and we're just going to have to close in prayer. But uh, I appreciate each one of my children being here and uh, celebrating. Uh, Amy's sister, Susan, and her husband, Kip Daniel, from Dallas are here. We are blessed to have them here today. Um, representing the McCracken family. Susan, is it wonderful to hear your sister play the piano and sing? What, isn't your mother honored today? Amen. Um, and, of course, uh, Steve and Jennifer Gross and their boys, Peyton, Nathan, and Ian, are all here, all the way from Eastland, Texas. And so we appreciate them. I know they're kind of known quantities at First Baptist Huntington, but we appreciate them making the effort to be here. Uh, I think of staff members, if you've served with me, and uh, thank you for your, your service. Uh, So many people. Um, I thought of um, the words that Paul spoke to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20 before I get to my text. In Acts 20, Paul has what scholars would call uh, his farewell address to the Ephesian elders Acts 20 he uh, he says to them I will see your face no more Um, just as an aside you will see my face okay Uh, but Paul had final words to speak to the Ephesian elders and there was something that kind of hit me that he says in verse 32 as he gets towards the end of his address and saying a number of things Uh, He says, but now, brethren, I commend you to God. I commend you to God. Uh, Paul says as he was leaving the Ephesian elders, a church that he had not only planted, but it's been about two and a half years there. As he's leaving and his expectation, and it was true, he would not see their face ever again. He says, I trust you to God's care. Uh, I commend you. It's the very words that Jesus used on the cross when he prayed, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. I trust my spirit to you. Paul said to the Ephesians, I commend you to God. Um, historically from Acts 20, Paul goes to Jerusalem. He's arrested uh, and is imprisoned and ends up in Rome. And he is facing execution in Rome. And he writes the letter to the Ephesians. And And I want you to see that context and I know he's had final words face to face in Acts 20, but he has every reason to believe when he pins the letter to the Ephesians, these are my final words. And weeks ago, weeks ago, God just said Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Paul's prayer. And there's a there's, the, there's theology in the book. The letter to the Ephesians. He teaches them about the church. So many great things. But it was Paul's prayer for the Ephesians that I want to spend just a few minutes this morning. Um, And so this is Paul's prayer. Byron's already read it. Why don't we read it again? And notice what Paul says and what he prays, the content of his prayer. So Paul says, For this reason I bow bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Some quick points. Paul prays for the church in that last verse when he says to him be glory in the church but he also describes the church uh, with the phrase in verse 18 all the saints but it, originally what drew me to this passage was verse 15 when he describes the church as the whole family he describes the church as a family So, the first thing that we noticed about Paul's prayer is that Paul prays for the church. Anytime you pray for the church, you pray within the will of God. And the reason we know that is because Jesus loves the church, the church is his bride. And when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. We have to pray according to his will. To pray for the church is all in the will of God. The second thing that I note is that it was a prayer to the heavenly father. And the thing that strikes me as Paul prays for the church, he prays obviously to the heavenly father. But the thing that strikes me is his prayer draws upon the inexhaustible resources of God. So he prays within the will of God because it is for the church. But he prays to a heavenly father. It does not matter what Paul prays. It will never exhaust the resources of the heavenly father Because as he calls upon the Heavenly Father, you're all right. right. Delana, don't beat him. Not for my sake, please. Oh, no, I'm joking. She's continuing to go to deeper recesses of the church. But we can still hear him. Um, No, I know where I'm at. It does not matter what Paul prays for. He is never going to exhaust the resources of the Heavenly Father. And so there's several little phrases in here. He talks about in verse 16, according to the riches of his glory. But it's that phrase in verse 20. When he describes him as the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Hmm. Prayer is powerful when it's prayed within the will of God. (laughs) But understand that prayer is also powerful because it draws upon the inexhaustible resources of the Heavenly Father that's not really what I wanted to come talk to you about today the thing that struck me the content of what Paul prays for he prays for the church to the Heavenly Father but he prays for God to do a work inside them and he really says it in a number of ways he talks about in Verse 16, uh, in the inner man. He talks about in verse 17, in your hearts. Even the word rooted denotes something that's going on the inside. Verse 19, he talks about being filled, which denotes something that is happening on the inside. Verse 20, he talks about the power that works in us. You know, That was convicting to me because many times I think what I would pray, I would pray for outward circumstances. God, pray that you would protect them from persecution and you would provide for their needs. Paul and all the things that he has to pray, what does he pray? He prays for God to do something inside of them. And what does he pray for? Strength. He prays for the presence of Christ Inside their lives, he prays for love. He prays for knowledge inside of them. And then, just to sum it all up, he prays for the fullness of God inside of them. All the strength, all the presence, all the love. all the knowledge Paul prays for a work inside of them I want to to focus on only one of those things and it is this phrase that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they would be rooted and grounded in love and I want to say to you at the end of 23 years my prayer for you is that you would be rooted and grounded in love yes i'm going to pray for strength and knowledge and the presence of christ and the fullness of christ inside of you but my pastor's heart is that i pray that you would be rooted and grounded in love um, love is a commitment it is a commitment to the well-being of people and one of my challenges to you to as a church as an expression of being rooted and grounded in love is that you be committed An expression of love is commitment to the well-being. I want to challenge you to be committed. Committed to the church. It is an expression of love. When families and church families come to today's, days like today. It is a time to draw together and raise our commitment not to draw back and to lower our commitment. It's time to express love and commitment. Um, when I was in my first year at seminary, um, I, I was a Greek major shock at Baylor I know there were a few Greek jokes last night Sammy Weaver the altar's gonna be open this morning and some of you some of you who know you need to come <laughs> don't wait for the second or third verse just come on you can come now in fact if you want to no. Uh, I was a Greek major at Baylor and um, quite honestly I was I was more academic than preacher <laughs> Early on, maybe still am. I don't know. Uh, but I remember this this crossroads I came to in my first year in seminary, and it was it related to academics. But it was this question of, and I'd been called to ministry when I was 17, and I just started down that road, and not knowing what God had for me. But uh, there was in that critical time in my life, there was a question about really two roads that I could take and one of them honestly was to uh, be a teacher uh, in a seminary college Greek professor is what I had in mind or I could be a pastor and actually I was more inclined to the the Greek professorship route and as I prayed through that one day God spoke to me have you ever noticed in these years that I can I can quote verbatim what God said at critical times in my life yeah I can tell you what, I said some of it last night, but on this occasion as I prayed, this is what God said to me. Verbatim. Commit your life to the church. Because when my church, if the church is not built, then the kingdom is not built. God said, commit your life to the church. That that was just what God said to me. I'm not... Dismissing anyone who chooses other paths, but for me, God said commit your life to the church. I would encourage I would exhort you as an expression of your love and being rooted and grounded in love that you be committed in your attendance in your giving and in your service It is time like this in a family that we need to be committed second expression of love uh, this is this is not necessarily biblical language but this is the way I would put it give margin give margin for differences In personality and perspective. When you are part of a family, there are different perspectives and personalities. Now, I would like to give illustration, but most of the people that I would refer to are in the room today. So just look over there and fill in the blanks. No, but families are made up of all kinds of people. Love says that I have margin in my life that not everyone has to be like me or see everything like me. If you haven't learned that in marriage yet, oh my, yeah, Mm. you're not paying attention then. No. Love says... That I have margin. This is what I referred to last Sunday when I talked about grace. I have margin in my life that people are different from me. Church family, in the days forward, understand that not everyone is going to see everything like you see it. And their personalities are not going to be the same as yours. It's okay. Have margin in your life that not everybody has to be like you it is an expression of love and i would exhort you to have margin in your life because love means that you have to give up part of yourself for the sake of the whole and if you haven't learned that in your family then i don't you're living in a dream world or something i don't know No, it costs you something to be a part of a family or a church family. And so, give margin for differences in personality and perspective. The final thing I want to say, as an expression of love, support your leaders. Support your leaders. Uh, The love of a family, love within a family acknowledges that there are different roles of responsibility and leadership within the family. And it's true not only in a biological family or whatever kind of family you have or, or a church family. Their roles of leadership, and I want to exhort you to support your leaders. This church has great leaders. I, I would go back, Brother Ted, to that search committee, and I've had this, and some of you guys are sitting in the room, and y'all are embarrassed. I, not that I won, don't want to embarrass Glenn Franker. Sean Willis, particularly, but um, um, you know, part of the reason I looked, maybe took a second look, or was it a fourth look? At, look at this church. It was like, wow, they've got they've got some leadership, and um, this church. I have been blessed to serve alongside that leadership, and my ministry has been blessed because of the leadership of this church. But even you as a church body have supported me and I want to say to you support your leaders Uh, a number of years ago I had my final funeral with one of my I'm sorry little old ladies in Seymour Texas my first little church mrs. Vickers she asked me 150 years ago to do her funeral and quite honestly, several years ago when I went back, it had been 25 years since I'd been in Seymour. But um, her son called me one day, and I'd talked with him previous to this, and uh, Ms. Vickers had passed away, and I was talking to her son, who was not a part of the church. He, was, he lived in Wichita Falls, and the church was in Seymour, and he, he said this to me. Uh, he said, yeah, he said... Um, I remember when you came as pastor and he said, I talked to mom on the phone and he said, I'd ask mom, well, how's, how's the new preacher? Sweet little Miss Vickers. Quoted by her son said, well, he's young, but we're just loving on him. he's young but we're just loving on him I don't know why that was like an epiphany I thought wow all of this time I thought God sent me to Seymour to change them and all the while they were changing me because they just loved me even though I was young and you've done the same thing. Brother Ted, I remember the last phone call I had with you while I was still in post and I had sent back word, yes, I concede, I wave the white flag, I will come in view of a call to Huntington, Texas. I'm done. God's brought me to that point. And we kind of finalized that, Ted. I distinctly remember standing in the laundry room at the parsonage at First Baptist Church Post. And, of course, Hannah answers the phone. Uh, she's all of six at the time. Uh, and after a while, it's like, Daddy, it's Ted Ivy. Promising her pony rides and things like that. <laughs> Come on. Ted, I don't even know if you remember this phone call. It was a little bit awkward because you said, Well, Brother Darrell, we've talked about a lot of things. He said, But we've never talked about salary. Hmm. And I think he was a little bit embarrassed. It's like, well, we haven't talked money. And I think I kind of laughed. And I said, I know. And uh, I said, well, I said, I I haven't brought it up. I said, "Um, all that I ask is that you take care of my family. And Brother Ted made a commitment for this church that you would take care of me and my family. And 23 years later, you've been faithful, not just in the financial part, but just supporting me. One aside, I will say this, hear me. You love your pastor in no greater way than by loving his family. You honor your pastor in no greater way than by loving his family. And I want to say you, after 23 years, thank you for loving and supporting me for 23 years and my family. Uh, We came as six, and now we're like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt or something. (laughs) I mean, you're going to have to part a sea to get us through it now. My final admonition to you as an expression of being rooted and grounded in love is that you would support your leaders. Yes, your church present church staff, your deacons, the search committee that will be elected next Sunday. But one person I want you particularly to support For me, is your next pastor. And I ask, would you love him and support him the way that you have loved and supported me? In the words of Mrs. Vickers, just love on him. And you know, here's the thing. I I can tell you who he will not be He will not be Daryl Smith. I I take that as a good thing, actually. (laughs) He's not. And there's going to be a lot of good in that. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I want to pray. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to have another prayer at the end. So Father, today, I commend this church to you and to your grace. And Father, I thank you for the bond of Jesus Christ and his salvation that draws us all into a part of your family. And Father, I would ask that according to your riches and glory, that you would strengthen each person of this church in their inner being I pray that your presence would dwell in their hearts father they would be filled with the knowledge of Christ and your fullness Father, more than anything else, I pray that they would be rooted and grounded in love. And Father, I pray that you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, that Father, you would be glorified in this church for all generations
1: forever and ever, amen, amen. Scripture tells us that uh, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, and this congregation this morning can testify to that. In the gift that you have given us, in Daryl and Amy and their family. And so, God, on behalf of the church, uh, we, uh, we say thank you. Father, uh, I personally thank you for my friend. Lord, Prophet Jeremiah tells us that when we call on your name you will do more than we can imagine and that is our prayer for daryl and amy in the next chapter of their lives god we pray that you'd fill it with Rest and respite and travel and fun and grandkids and all of those things, God, that, that they enjoy doing. But even more this morning, we pray that you would fill it with purpose and ministry. and the knowledge that they continue to walk in the steps of Almighty God. God, thank you so much for what you have done through them in the lives of this congregation and in this community. And we anticipate, Father, we we really do, we are anxious to see what you will do next through them as well. Again, we say thank you, and we pray together in Jesus' name, amen.